29 years ago, the nation of Singapore was surprised to discover a horrific killing that occurred in one of their well-known hotels in the city. Singapore, a country with an exceptionally low crime rate, was shaken by the murder of a foreign citizen within its borders. Fuji Isai, a 49-year-old visitor who was experiencing Singapore for the first time, was assaulted and killed in her hotel room within just three hours of her arrival, a place where she should have been completely safe but became an unfortunate victim of a robbery gone wrong. And welcome to Shades of Macabre, a podcast that aims to bring you some of the most horrifying and gruesome murder stories from across the world. This week, we are off to Singapore, known for its low crime rate and being tagged as one of the safest countries in the world. But the same country was jolted on the day of 6th June 1994. Abdul Nasir bin Amer Hamza, a 25-year-old, and Abdul Rahman bin Arshal, a 32-year-old, were two individuals seeking jobs in Singapore. While searching for job prospects, the two men arranged to meet at a coffee shop on Monday, 6th June 1994. During their conversation, they discovered that interviews were being conducted at the Oriental Hotel, a renowned hotel in the city. After finishing their coffees, they quickly made their way to the hotel, determined to get the job. On the same day, Fuji Isai, a 49-year-old, Takashita Miyoko, a 56-year-old, and 29 other employees working as cleaners in a Japanese company arrived in Singapore. Isai and Miyoko were close friends and eagerly anticipated their trip together. Their company had organized a welfare trip to Singapore, even providing a travel allowance of 30,000 yen. Once Nasir and Rahman exited their interviews, they noticed the big group of Japanese people checking into the hotel. Discovering that they were short on money and their desire to make money quickly, they decided right then and there to rob one of the guests from the group, who were now making their way into their respective rooms. The Japanese group was divided into pairs, with each pair sharing a room. As they headed towards their room for the first time, Nasir and Rahman discreetly followed them into the elevator. Fuji Isai and Takashita Miyoko, being part of the same team, had rooms assigned on the ninth floor of the building. Once they reached the floor, all of them exited the elevator one by one. As this is the first time the women entered this hotel lobby, they tried to locate their rooms, reading all the room numbers as they went ahead. Meanwhile, Nasir and Rahman purposefully remained hidden, ensuring that they went unnoticed by the women. Finally, locating room 901, Isai and Miyoko retrieved their key cards and attempted to unlock the door, but they struggled with the card. Throughout this process, the two men intently observed their every move. After successfully swiping or tapping the card, the door unlocked and the women entered the room, leaving the door slightly ajar. Once inside the room, 
Isai and Miyoko were trying to figure out the next step with the key card. After a few minutes of trying, Isai decided to get help from someone in the lobby on their floor. Leaving the room, she found Nasir and Abdul standing nearby and requested their help. The two men happily complied, and once they entered the room, they took charge and pushed their way inside. As they entered, the two men covered Isai and Miyoko's mouths and aggressively demanded all their valuables. Frightened, Miyoko handed her back to Rahman, but he was unsatisfied and began assaulting her, forcefully snatching her wristwatch in the process. Isai found herself cornered by Nasir, who started kicking her relentlessly. As he kicked her, Isai shouted in Japanese, saying, "I will give it to you." But Nasir did not stop. Realizing the severity of the situation, Miyoko pretended to faint and lie down on the floor. Isai was not that fortunate as Nasir continued to assault her. Her face was severely injured, suffering a total of 6 fractures. Her facial features were damaged and she had lost two teeth. But she held on to her bag, firmly clenching it under her right arm. Once the two men obtained what they sought, they prepared to leave the room. However, Nasir lost his balance and accidentally stepped on Isai's face, causing an additional facial fracture that hindered her breathing. Nasir quickly steadied himself by holding on to the wall but left a bloody handprint, leaving his fingerprints at the scene. As they left, Miyoko quickly got up and contacted the hotel front desk, who then alerted the police. But what was supposed to be a robbery quickly turned into a crime scene as Isai was unable to receive any kind of help on time and was declared dead on 6th June 1994 just a few hours after she had set foot in a new country No one knows what Nasir and Rahman did once they left the hotel or where they went When the police arrived to investigate the hotel room they compiled a list of the belongings that the two women had brought with them Once verified, they stated that the two men had stolen a Seiko watch worth seventy thousand yen, a camera, a Japanese passport, and sixty-five thousand yen in cash. The police attempted to match the bloody handprint found at the scene with the records in their database, but since Singapore only kept records of convicted criminals at the time, the results were negative. As the investigation progressed. The police possessed two sets of fingerprints, one from the bloody handprint and another obtained while stealing money from an envelope provided by Isai's company. Along with the fingerprints, with Miyoko's witness testimony, the police had an illustrated description of the two culprits who were later published in various articles. Miyoko also mentioned that the two men, who were about 20 to 30 years old, had dark skin, were tall, and were of either Malay or Tamil descent. Miyoko and the rest of the group who had arrived in Singapore on 6th of June departed from the hotel and the country the following day. The police launched a countrywide search to find the two men. The Singapore Hotel Association, Oriental Hotel Singapore, Singapore Tourism Promotion Board and an anonymous insurance company jointly offered a monetary reward of 150,000 Singaporean dollars for any information which could help with the case 
but the tips never generated any breakthrough in the case. Even with the hotel CCTV, the police could not find anything that would help them with the investigation. Despite multiple pieces of evidence, including CCTV footage and widespread media coverage, the police were unable to make any progress in the investigation for the next 18 months following the murder. However, everything changed when a simple car robbery led them directly to the killers. On 25th January 1996 at 7:30 p.m., a 43-year-old post office employee was walking down the road when he heard a loud horn in the distance. He noticed two men fleeing the scene, and upon finding a taxi, he discovered the driver being assaulted with a rope. Once assured that the driver was fine, he quietly followed the two men who had now boarded a bus. Without wasting any time, he contacted the police, provided them with details of the crime and the bus's license plate number so that the police can quickly catch the culprits. When the police caught the two men, the post office employee identified them on the spot and quickly the two men were arrested. During the process of recording their information and fingerprints, it was discovered that one of them matched a record in the database. It was identified that among the two men who were out there robbing the taxi driver, Nasir was also the one who was responsible for the robbery and murder of Fuji Isai. Now, no article states how they caught his accomplice or whether Nasir decided to help with the investigation to receive a not so harsh sentence. But whatever the method was, Rahman was identified as the co-conspirator of the murder. on 6th of June 1994 but what came as a shock was that he was already in jail Rahman was in the Moon Crescent prison in Changi on the charges of theft and was already serving a 20 month sentence on 30th January 1996 just 5 days after his arrest Nasir was charged with the murder of Fuji Isai while the next day that is on 31st of january rehman was also charged with the murder of isai but as the prosecution dived deeper into their past and the day the murder took place it was identified that nasir was the only one who was responsible for the murder while rehman was just an accomplice which helped in reducing the sentence that was given to him on 6th june 1996 exactly 2 years after the events that took place in the oriental hotel abdul rahman was sentenced to 10 years in prison along with 16 strokes of cane it was later reported that rahman completed his sentence and was released in june 2006 but nasir had a very complicated and a lengthy trial trial commenced on 24th june 1996 with both singapore and japan eagerly awaiting the outcome and citizens from both nations were frustrated with the prolonged investigation during the murder trial it was argued that nasir purposefully stepped on isai's face to prevent her from recognizing him in the future now if you ever thought that a word play can help get justice for a crime you are in for a ride in nasir's police statement He made it clear that he had stamped on Isai's face, 
but during his defense nasir's lawyer subhas anandan extensively cross examined the police interpreter the interpreter later admitted that nasir had never mentioned the word stamp but had indeed used the word step the interpreter decided to use the word stamp as nasir had demonstrated the action during the police interrogation this one word changed nasir's entire fate as on 4th july 1996 it was accepted that nasir had indeed accidentally stepped on isai's face rather than stamping on her face intentionally as physically nasir was much bigger than isai the accidental step might have caused her death rather than an intentional blow to her face due to this nasir was acquitted of the murder charge but was instead found guilty of robbery he received a sentence of 18 years imprisonment along with 18 strokes of the cane but if you think this is the end of the case then there's more on 3rd february 1996 four months before nasir's trial took place between 5:05 pm and 7:35 pm at the lockup of the criminal investigation department nasir and his cellmate drug trafficker lao thengi abducted two police officers and demanded a ransom consisting of a car two guns money and eight bullets but their demand was soon thrown away when the police were able to dissolve the situation quickly and arrest both of them without any major casualties if nasir wanted to be free after pulling this hostage situation he was loki digging a deeper grave for himself in the same case nasir stood trial on 3rd march 1997 and was found guilty of kidnapping the two police officers the police and the people of singapore were now confident that nasir would not be able to escape the death penalty this time but his previous lawyer subhas anandan was able to convert the ruling to life imprisonment with 12 strokes of cane anandan argued that lao thengi nasir's cellmate was the mastermind behind the hostage situation and the one who made the ransom demands while nasir merely acted as an accomplice and because of this nasir once again avoided the death penalty in singapore a life sentence at that time meant serving 20 years in prison so with the previous conviction nasir now had to serve a total sentence of 38 years but this did not stop him despite being advised against by his lawyer nasir decided to appeal to the court to serve both his jail terms consecutively and presented his own arguments during the appeal but none of his appeals ever resulted in his favor now i'm not sure if this case resulted in the change in life imprisonment sentence in singapore but as of august 1997 if someone had received the penalty they would be spending their entire life in prison and would only be able to seek parole after serving at least 20 years in prison and that's it rehman is currently out there roaming freely after serving his time for the crimes he committed as of nasir he might have been able to leave the prison somewhere in november 2021 although there are no confirmed reports about his release 
the oriental murder case remains as one of the most prominent cases in the country singapore's reputation for having a low crime rate and being one of the safest nations in the world made the residents particularly shocked by such a brutal crime the case garnered significant attention due to its association with the murder of a foreign national in broad daylight an incident that was never expected to occur in a country like singapore but what do you think surely the people of japan and singapore wanted nasir to receive a harsher sentence or do you think that whatever sentence that he received justified the crimes that he committed let us know your thoughts on the case if you are interested in exploring more cases like this feel free to connect with us on our social media platforms if you want to look at the images related to the case check out our instagram and twitter at @chits of makap you can find our social media handles in the episode description we will be back next week with another horrifying murder case till then take care and be safe